Lord God, um, we thank you that you reach out to us when we are in the dust and we're especially mindful of those people whose houses are just dust right now in Ventura and other areas throughout our state. We're mindful of those people whose lives just feel like it's just turned into dust. Um, the things that um, seem so secure in this world, Lord, they collapse and they uh, disintegrate. And Lord, we are thank you, thankful that you find us in all of that. You find us and you let us know that we are so valuable and so precious in your sight and that you love us so deeply and passionately. And as we, as we, as we focus our minds and hearts on the truth that we receive today from the gospel, just the pure gospel, Lord, may we hear uh, through the power of your Holy Spirit, may we hear something that would, would, would transform us into these glowing messengers of your good news to the world. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Please have a seat. And a band, band, you can't go anywhere. I want you to, uh, you got to put those instruments back on because I got an idea. I got an idea. You guys like Christmas songs a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So there's this uh, song that's one of my favorite Christmas songs, and it, and it may not immediately seem like a Christmas song to you, but I'll just read this one verse, skipping ahead in our scripture a little bit today. This is what Mary says when she hears that uh, she's going to be having a baby by way of the Holy Spirit. She just says these words, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be. Let it be with me according to your words. Anybody, does that remind anyone of a song? What? what? You know the words? You know the words? All right, so can you guys know the song? Someone say let it go. No, not let it go. No, I'm leaving. See you later. I'm done. I'm, I don't want to hear that song ever again. I have, a, I have a five-year-old daughter. I don't, I don't want to ever hear that song again. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it be. Let it be. Let's, let's see if we can get in the Christmas spirit by, by singing the words that Mary So the sung. Beatles, Beatles let it be. Yep. That's good. Jason knows like every Beatles song. He sounds like Paul McCartney, by the way, too. So that's the other thing.
Paul McCartney, Jason Paul McCartney Shore right there. I mean, seriously, he sounds exactly. Those tickets are free too. So um, uh, just, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, band. You guys are so amazing. You know, um, Christmas is about having a good time, isn't it? It's about having a good time. It's about singing with each other. Um, you know, you hear about these old, these people in the Bible and they just start spontaneously bursting into song. But it's something people do. They just, they sing at Christmas time. Uh, we were out in front of Scrooge's house at Vine Street last night. And we were, we were there like a half hour before. We didn't know it started at six. So we were just yelling, I love you. But then some of us started to sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And before you knew it, there were other people just down the way from us singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas and we were just singing it there. It was just one of those moments where, you know, everything got magnified. Everything was, was just was intensified. It was so beautiful. Um, also, I just want to magnify a moment for you. Uh, did you see this video of the ski, this uh, sledding hill? Now, it's, uh, watch what happens when you magnify a moment. Just look at the beauty that passes by us in a second. That we miss, it's there, but you have to just kind of magnify the moment. You have to slow things down. You just have to experience the beauty that's around you at Christmas time. Look at that. Is that a happy kid? That's a magnified moment right there. You know, at the ski patrol yesterday, I I saw a lady, I just walked up to her and I said, gosh, um, you have a kid here? She said, yeah. And she looked at me with tears and she said, you know, this is the first time my kid's been happy since... Um, dad died, my kid's dad died two years ago. If you don't think that what we're doing here matters, if you don't think the things that we do, um, and I said, if you think that's great, everything at Highlands is like that. You got to just come and be a part of what we do. Um, because we've got a, a coal-fired steam train on the lawn, <laughs> and I saw how, how happy that kid was. And um, I just thought, wow. That's, that's the simple gospel. That is just the, that's what happens. That's the power of what happens. Um, today, we are continuing the simple gospel. We're just walking through the story of Jesus uh, being born. And it starts with this gospel of Luke who says he wants to iron everything out, get it all straightened out for everyone. And it's, it's by the way, following a story we started last week, learning that, that an angel appeared to this guy named Zechariah who was married to Mary's cousin Elizabeth, and they were, Elizabeth was getting, getting on in years, and he was getting older, um, and uh, Elizabeth was able to conceive. The angel said to Zechariah that his wife would conceive and have a baby, and this, this baby would grow up to be called John, and it would live in the wilderness and, and proclaim and preach, uh, preach about Jesus, which actually all happens. So, so now we flash over to Elizabeth's cousin, uh, Mary, and this is what the scripture says. And if you got these books, did you guys get these books as you came in? And I hope you have a pen because this is the way I like to walk through scripture. If you have a pen, I like to circle stuff in scripture. I like to teach you how to underline it as you go along. And you'll discover that every time you read scripture, God is preaching a message to you that you can then preach to other people. That's just what happens when you read scripture. So listen to this. This is how it works. Uh, again, it's page three in this little book called The Virgin Conceives. And it's if you have your Bibles today, it's in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26, and it's also right up there. Listen to these beautiful words. In the sixth month, now that's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, okay? Just to let you know. Um, the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent, same angel, was sent by God. I want you to circle the words sent by God. This is important. 
sent by God. This wasn't, it wasn't Gabriel waking up one day and just being like, I'm just going to go down and do this. This is something that God told Gabriel to do. To a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, by the way, I want you to understand this Mary was planning on a wedding. It was coming up. She, and I don't know if any of you have been planning weddings or have ever planned a wedding before, but when you do, you're thinking about the cake. You're thinking about who's going to be coming to the wedding. You're going to think about the uh, wine that's served. You're going to think about the food that's served. And obviously, you're going to think about what dress you're going to wear to the wedding. Um, and that's, that's, what, that's usually what happens when people are planning or preparing for a wedding. It's an exciting time. So that's where Mary is. She's in a period of engagement, in the, and in these days, people were engaged for a year. That's generally how long the engagement period would last, and then they would have the wedding. And so that's what Mary's expecting. She has all of her plans for her life all laid out. She has got to figure it out. Hey, I mean, she, look at she's marrying, a, she's marrying Joseph of the house of David. How cool can you get, you know? I mean, that's Joseph of the house of David. And people, when he walked down the street, people were like, that's Joseph of the house of David. Oh my goodness. Is he getting married to Mary? Yes, he is. So that's how big it, the deal was. It was like, whoo, that's going to be, that's going to be, they're going to make, anyway, yeah, they're going to make some beautiful babies. That's what they would say. And then, so the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, the angel came to her and he said, greetings, favored one. Now, by the way, this is the most um, James T. Kirk moment of the whole entire gospel. I think that, um, you know, like, what a weird introduction. Greetings, favored one. Like, you know, like, greetings, favored one, you know? <laughs> right? You have that impression? And then uh, maybe it was like an- the angel Gabriel felt, like, uncomfortable around people. I don't know what it was. He was really awkward, but he always said these things. I'm not sure what it was. So anyway, angel Gabriel says, greetings, favored one. Um, the Lord is with you. <laughs> And it says that Mary's like, this is the weirdest greeting I've ever received in my whole entire life. It says, but she was much perplexed by his words, meaning he was being really weird, and um, pondered what sort of greeting this might be. <laughs> Little humor in there. Um, and then the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Now, this also tells us that Mary was not just perplexed, but she was afraid. I mean, who's not going to be afraid encountering a supernatural being, encountering an angel? Uh, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, which is Jesus or Yeshua. That's the name. And you could actually circle the name Jesus, and you could make a note in the side that it says, Jesus actually means Yahweh, Yes, yeah. And Shua saves. Yeshua, God saves. That's what Jesus' name means. So you're going to name him Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called Son of the Most High. And this is a lot of information for Mary to receive, by the way. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. And he will reign. Wait, he's going to be the king. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, um, how can this be? Because I am a virgin. This, this, is not, this is not possible according to the laws of nature. This is not possible according to the laws of the universe. I can't have a baby because I'm a virgin. And the angel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Imagine the time of creation at the beginning of Genesis when the Holy Spirit hovers over the water, the, the power and presence of God hovers over the water before all creation and, and creates all of existence. But the power of the Most High will overshadow you, Mary. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy and he will, holy is perfect, unblemished, 
perfection and will be called the son of God, which is, which is a biblical reference to will be God. Your son will be God. And now your relative, Elizabeth, this is new information for her, in her old age has also conceived a son. Um, boy, I guess the angel Gabriel's not as, as subtle as Zechariah. He doesn't say getting on in years, right? He's like, straight up, she's old. Um, <laughs> your relative Elizabeth, I had to underline that right now. I'm like, wow. Uh, so your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her uh, who, who was said to be barren. And I want you to underline this. This is really important, for nothing will be impossible with God nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said these words. She said, let it be, let it be. No, that's not what she said. Mary said, here, I, here am I, the servant of the Lord. This almost sounds like beat poetry. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. No, anyway, she's a singer. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Now, by the way, as the angel in puts this in, gives this information to Mary. This is a lot of information for someone who had her life planned out for her, right? And I love how the angel like sets it up. He's like, by the way, it's all going to be just roses. It's going to be the best time of your life. He's going to be son of God. He's going to be son of, he's going to be the most high. He's going to be reign over the house of Jacob. Wait, hold on a second. Do you think it would have been nice for the angel to be like, and you're going to, oh yeah, did I forget to mention that you're going to have this baby in a dirty, stinky barn? Oh yeah, did I forget to mention that he's going to be scorned and ridiculed and abandoned by every single human being on the face of the earth until there's not one person left for him and then he's going to be nailed to a cross and he's, you are going to watch him die on a cross as he says to his disciple, John, please take care of my mom. Oh yeah, the, the angel seemed to neglect to tell that information to Mary just a little bit. Might have colored it. But it doesn't make what the angel said untrue. Because Jesus did come back and came alive again and is reigning over all creation and has assumed the throne. And then there's this other thing. I think Mary did kind of understand what was happening because she had her plans laid out for her. She would know that if she was going to go out into the community and say, hey, you know what? By the way, I'm going to have a baby. They'd say, hey, wait a second. Aren't you engaged to Joseph who's... I mean, isn't, isn't that who you're engaged to? And, and, and she would have said, hey, you know what? I, I'm having a, ba- a baby by way of the Holy Spirit. And everybody in the community would be like, yeah, right. That's what everybody says. <laughs> so this 14-year-old girl, Mary, we know the story from the other gospels. Joseph has plans to divorce her. His plan is to cut it off. And, and Mary would have known that. So her world, when she says, let it be, she's saying, let it be to something that she knows is not, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be smooth sailing. And then we see the next, next verse. It says that, that Mary, she's out of town. She gets out of Dodge. It says she doesn't want to stick around and tell everybody this news. She's, she needs to go to a place of comfort and safety. So it says here, in those days, Mary set out and went with haste. She got out of there and she went to Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. She says, Elizabeth, I'm here. And it says these words, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, Shalom. Maybe she said shalom. When, he, when she, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. I remember when my wife was pregnant, she said Ella would always just do flips. Like, like she would fl- do flips inside. And Elizabeth has, has been told that her son that she is going to give birth to that will be named John and will have this trajectory with his life, that what he will do is he will announce the coming of the Lord. And she has the sense for the power of the Holy Spirit that this, the Lord has arrived. 
I remember also when um, my wife was pregnant and we didn't want people to know that she was pregnant. It was kind of like, you know, there's this safe period where you just don't tell people. There would, there would be women that would walk up to my wife and they would look at her. And by the way, there were women that did this when she wasn't pregnant and it wasn't cool. So just, just don't do it, okay? You know what I'm talking about? That's not cool. That's not cool at all. It's like, it's like no, we can't have kids. Thank you for that. That wasn't very nice. But then we did have the miracle of birth and a child, a child in our life. And I remember um, this women would come up to her and they would look at her and they'd say, I know, you're pregnant, aren't you? That's, what, that's what's about to happen with Mary. It says these words. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry. Wouldn't this be a great cousin to have, like older cousin to have? She goes to visit her and she's like, blessed are you among women. And she knows, Mary hasn't even told her, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me for as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, I'm yelling because it says she exclaimed, by the way. I just don't do this all the time. And <laughs> as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment, blessed is Mary, that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord through the angel. I love it. There's this, ex- this, this celebration, this excitement of what is happening. And then, then Mary starts to sing. She starts to do like this jazz rendition of scripture from the Old Testament. She takes a little bit of this, a little bit of that. She starts to just do like riffs. She's all over the place. And she sings this awesome song that people have always called Mary's Magnificat. But why is it called Magnificat? Because it's the first words of it. Her first thing she says in the song is, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. It's like that, that video of the sled coming down the hill. I love these slow motion videos because they magnify the moment. Uh, how many of you guys, when um, you were younger, you wanted, um, uh, most of the guys, I don't know, there's some ladies too, but wanted one of those uh, telescopes, like a big telescope to see in the outer space. Did anyone want one of those? No, I'm the only one. That's why they don't sell them anymore. Apparently there's three of us. I literally went to Walmart today. I was like, oh, I have an excuse to buy myself one because it's like, um, you know, I could use it in the message. Like they really don't know what a telescope is. Anyway, they don't have it. They have hoverboards. So, um, (laughs) but what is cool about a telescope is you look through it, right? A stargazing telescope, you look through it and it makes things that you can't see visible, they come alive to you. And the other thing is, but if you look through one end of the telescope, everything becomes big, right? But if you look through the other end of the telescope, what happens? Everything's really small. This is that telescope moment in Mary's life. I had someone come into worship today and they have not, they, they, they have, they're not old, trust me, but they're getting on in the years and they thought maybe childbirth is not in the equation for us in about, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago or a month ago, they were like, it's gonna happen. It's happening. And this guy comes into worship um, today and he says, I got to hear the heartbeat. And a little while ago, I got to actually see the little baby in there. And, um, and I got to see it and it's so beautiful. And it was just that little, like, uh, m- nothing is impossible for God. You can actually see these little babies when they're just, no- there's almost nothing there. But there is something there. Like, like people's relationship with God, they just think there's nothing there, but there is something there, and we have this opportunity. You know, a lot of people think that there aren't angels. They say, there's no angels. 
Do you know the root word of evangelist is angel? To evangelize and share the good news, to share. Can I have that newspaper? Is that okay? The one right there? This, this newspaper, how many people had a, had, a news, had a paper route when they were kids? Anybody? Like, I saw a lot of hands. You guys did paper routes. You can, how many, how many, how many papers did you deliver? Does anybody actually remember how many you delivered a lot? The number? How many? A lot. That was, it was in the Valley Fresno. Yeah. Huge route. It's like, yeah, I had the biggest, I had the biggest route. So I had the biggest route in all of Salt Lake City where I grew up. And it was like, that was going to be my summer job because I'd be done by nine and I could play all day. And I had like, like 15 paper routes. I started at like three in the morning and I would do all of the paper routes. And it was so great to deliver the news. But this is, this, this is the news. And as I said at the beginning, you think that what we're doing here is not important, but it transforms lives. It brings joy where there is no joy. It brings hope where there is no hope. You know, uh, to be an evangelist is actually to allow God's message to be sent through you. To be sent by God. You know what disciple means? One who is sent by God. What is the angel? The angel, Gabriel, is sent by God. You don't think there's angels, but you actually can become the evangelist, the, you, the angel to another person the one sent by God to deliver a message to another person's life that nothing is impossible for God. Absolutely nothing. Don't think that when you hand this out, it's unimportant work. It's, it's critically, it's life-giving work. This is what Mary says. Listen to this beautiful word. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he's looked with favor, with favor? No, he was looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Do you see that magnification moment? She's seeing how big God is and she's seeing how small she is. A lot of people would say, oh yeah, you know, Mary was chosen because she was perfect. Mary was chosen because she didn't do anything wrong. She's actually saying that she's not all that. She's saying, I'm not all that. I'm not the perfect person. I'm actually just a lowly person like every other person. I'm very distinctly aware of how human I am. And she says, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. And she says, surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. She can't even wrap her mind around it. That, that actually, can you believe that even Elizabeth is able to discern who Mary is without Mary even uttering a word? And, and Elizabeth is saying, Mary, you're so blessed. You're so blessed. You don't even know what's happening in your life. And Mary says, I didn't even tell anyone. She's starting to get the truth of what God is doing. And then she says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Has God done great things for you? Has God done incredible things for you? And then this is a really important word. It says, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Mercy is so key. Do you know what mercy is? Mercy is when you, like, imagine someone jumping off of a cliff. And, and what is the uh, uh, logical consequence of jumping off a cliff? Uh, just asking the smartest person in the room. Anybody? Splat. Splat. <laughs> yeah, that is the smartest answer, too. Splat. Imagine someone jumps off a cliff, but then God's hand comes in and grabs the person after they've jumped off the cliff and lands them back up on top of the land and says, don't do that. That's what mercy is. 
God is intervening in the logical consequences of the universe. A lot of people have called it like a court of law, but actually it's, it's, it seems like a strange analogy. I just think it's like, you know, this is the way the world was designed. Gravity is this way, and God has the opportunity to intervene and to change the trajectory of things despite the fact that we've messed everything up. God is able to say, stop it. I am going to extend my mercy to you. I'm going to extend my mercy to you. And do you want to know what, what the signs of his mercy are? The, I, love, I love these signs of mercy. It says these words. It says, He has shown, his, shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Isn't that amazing? Scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Now, you may not think this is a merciful thing to do, but I can guarantee you if there's a prideful person out there, for God to take that pride and to dash it into pieces is the most merciful thing that God can do to take that pride and destroy it. Uh, and the other thing is, it says, is merciful. He has brought down the powerful from the thrones. There is no better thing that God can do than to take you out of the throne that you've placed yourself in or that other people have placed you in. You don't think that you're in a throne, but we all put ourselves in throne. Either it's, oh, you're the most beautiful person in the world or, oh, I think that I'm doing this or I think I'm right all the time or I think that, you know, whatever it is. I think I've got it all together. Or maybe you think your throne is that you think you're so humble. Maybe you think, uh, you know, you're, you're above repro- reproach. You've never done any of those things in the world. Maybe that's the throne you've placed yourself on. And, and, and so Mary is saying God's mercy is to intervene into those places and to actually take you out of that throne and to place you on solid ground. And it says here, and God has lifted up the lowly. Does he say that he has, gives the power for the lowly to lift themselves up? No. It says God lifts up the lowly. He literally reaches down and he lifts up the lowly and he fills the hungry with good things. And he has, and it's all in the past tense, and he has sent the rich away empty. And he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. So many times we are Israel. We are the people of God. God has helped us. God has helped us to remember the depths of God's mercy in our life. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And then it says, and Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home, about to the point where Elizabeth was ready to give birth. And then Mary returns home. And Mary's, and Mary's searching for refuge. She runs and she finds this place. Now, one of the things that, uh, that you may not know about this scripture is that uh, it's the riff from the Old Testament scripture is from a story about, um, about Hannah, She's the second wife of a guy named Elkanah, who um, the other wife has lots of babies. She can have babies like, she wants, she wants a baby, she can have a baby. But Hannah has not been able to have a child. And she just wants to have a child so bad, she goes to the temple and she prays and brings a sacrifice to God. And she says, God, and she says, God, if you give me this child, I will dedicate this child to your work forever. I will give this child to you. And sure enough, the baby comes into her life, is born. She takes it to the temple when it's just a small child and she, she leaves it with the priest to serve in the temple and to be raised as a child within the temple and, and part of that family. When Mary says this song, she is saying, I dedicate my child to you, God. I commit my child, I commit my child to your purposes and to your work in this world. It's powerful. 
How many of you guys, um, how many of you guys sing in the shower? Anybody sing in the shower? Yeah. How many sing in the car? How many people pick their nose in the car? I'm just kidding. I don't want to know. I don't want to. Just kidding. Just kidding. Anyway, um, not in town, not in town. You'll get caught. It's too small a town. You can't do that. You can do that in LA. You can do it in LA. LA, you can do anything. You can do anything in LA. Not in Paso. Not in Paso. <laughs> I remember um, when my wife had our, her, our first kid and we were told that we couldn't have kids. And, um, and I remember as soon as she had that kid, she just started singing. She started singing Adele. Doesn't that sound like a good, that, that makes sense? Like women are like, oh, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I would like hear her in the shower singing, set fire to the rain. Or I don't know how that song is like, I don't listen to Adele. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't listen to Adele. <laughs> There's just like a joy that comes into your life. It's kind of like ski patrol. It's kind of like having this like choo-choo train out on the lawn. Um, and you may not believe that you have the ability to like have joy reinserted or restored in your life. Um, and you may think that the path to joy is like the path that the world provides, but actually the path to joy is a path that, that God wants to intervene in your life and wants to change your plans. And... Um, And the song that we end up getting to sing together, you already know the lyrics to. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Speak in words of wisdom, let it be. Let's stand. Fellow fellow evangelists, let's pray. Lord God, we uh, stand before you. We stand before you and, and, and thank you for this ability to have um, your love, your hope, your joy for us magnified in our lives through this thing called Christmas and community and life and love. And thank you for the, the fact that what we do here is we, we, we get to lift up the lowly and we get to speak truth about thrones when all the world would say other things. And Lord, we stand before you and we know that you have a message for us, uh, for us today, one where you're saying to us um, that you have a plan for us, even though we may feel like we're inconsequential, that, that you have a plan for us to be a critical part of your story. You're working out of your story in this world. We're so mindful of those people in Ventura who don't have a home right now because they're, they're just ashes around them. And we're thankful that you 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 teach us that the lie is that you don't love us. And it's hard for us to understand when things crash around that that you actually have a beautiful plan in mind for our life. But may we hear that truth, Lord. Um, May we see ourselves, the truth of who we are, the smallness of who we are, but may we recognize that you want to lift us up. When we feel small, you want us to know that we are significant and that you love us so much. And so as we gaze at the stars in the universe or at those those just beginning signs of life, may we hear the shout from all of creation of your love, the shout that you are just so passionately and deeply and madly in love with each one of us. Just like Mary receiving the Holy Spirit that first Christmas, may we receive the Holy Spirit in our lives. May there be new life within us 
as we become your hands and feet, become literal extensions of your body, God, in this world to those who are in need. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 And so.